everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Myth Live stream, episode number 203, the 2nd of March, 2019, is the date you should remember. Always, my friends, you'll remember this day, for today was the day where I, Alex Garthon Marston, my lovely assistant, Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer, once again did battle of wits and intellect in the Time Lord Mind Arm Wrestling to determine who the true host actually was. Only to find it was you all along. Dun dun dun. What was it? What was it called? Mind wrestling? The the space lords? The time lords did? Uh, you know what? I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Fourth Doctor did a lot. Doug says today is the day I put a CPU cooler on backwards. Oh, not good. <laughs> uh, I always remember. Yay! Having to reset thermal <laughs> compound. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on today's show, Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog, anime on the stream. We'll talk about Outlaw Star and Bleach the Movie 3. Fade to black, I call your name. Yeah, I mean, I, I can hear Max out now. Damn, things are so long. <laughs> that, I mean, I got to say that really is. It is. It is. That I, sounds like I, the name that like a 14-year-old would give to the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so dark, yo. Fade to black, I call your name. That's right. That's right. And then, and then the teacher gives it back. It's like, trim down the title. Come on. Well, it originally was, I called the name written in blood, your name. So I got cut back. Desire. That is the cut back. <laughs> <laughs> and at Garthas Comp, we're going to talk about the Superior Spider-Man number three, Heroes in Crisis number six, and Robin Hood, Outlaw number oh, two. Uh, Max Liao told me, he did not specifically ask me to point this out, but he did tell me that on the website, it's Superior Spider-Man, not the Superior Spider-Man. And I said, but the com-. he says, yes, I know. The comic says the. It's like, I can show you the cover <laughs> of the book. The comic says the. He's like, I know that. It's just that on their website, there's no the. I'm like, I don't care. Their website says a lot of stuff that's not actually in their comics or on their comics. The yeah. people who do their website are a bunch of semi-employed typewriter monkeys who don't have anything better to do and can't even. And they change their websites. So you can't even take images from it anymore. So who the hell even goes there anymore? Mm. Not me. Just the saying, their website. Marvel used to have a great website. They really did. It was friendly, easy to use, easy to browse. You could tell what comics were out, which were coming out. And now it's just like, uh, we think we make comic books, and these maybe are this month, yo. Can I copy <laughs> that image? No, dude, no, no, no. We have to save all of our precious images. Yeah, even though that you know, if you have a scanner, a twenty dollars scanner, yeah. you can just. Or a camera, camera, you know. Or a camera, right? Yeah. I mean, which, which, which segues nicely into our RNG. <laughs> that's right. Is Disney going to close Marvel Comics? Been a lot of talk of this recently, and we will give you your definitive opinion, which is based on fact and conjecture. Both. Wow. Okay. Not one or the other. Use oh, both. No, no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's but. As what is fact is that I want to give a special thank you and conjecture the Heathen Dog wants to thank our current top subscribers. Wow, look at all that. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate it. Where's Duncan Idaho? I don't know. I can't read. You can't read? Oh, yeah. You you do comics. I do comic books. Come on now. (laughs) Remember, every month you have a subscriber-only giveaway. It just happened last week. It was good stuff. If you missed it, I feel sorry for you. Duncan won 25 bucks. He did. So did yeah. Balahar, didn't he? Balahar won a game, I believe. And a special thank you to our top donation patrons, including Balahar, 
Thank you so much, Beldaharth. Uh, through Streamlabs donations, through Twitch tiers. Zon, we appreciate it so much. Brian Hicks, been a patron for 24 months. Sheriff's over 12. And Aaron mm -hmm. Matthews there now. Thank you very much. Video game donations, we appreciate it. Our current goals is to get 1,000 Twitch subscribers. We got seven more. Our Twitch subscriber goal went down some. That's okay. It'll go back up. Our YouTube subscriber goal, we got 11 more. Yay! Patreon goal. We need it after that, too. If we get all these goals for three months in a row, I have over 1,000 in prizes. Including a very special computer-related gift from Heathen Dog, and I painting an epic portrait of you. Yep. Send in a picture, and or you can have whatever body type you want. You want to be a voluptuous woman, uh, space vampire? I will do that for you. There you go. Yeah, I you can do that, no problem. You, you you want to be a child sticking his finger in, in a dike that's about to blow? I can do that too. You can save whatever country that was. The Netherlands. You can. Dutch that's Lane. right. <laughs> you want to ride a tardigrade through warp space? I could do that for you. Done. You want to be a tardigrade in warp space? Pfft, I will done. put your face on a tardigrade. Double in done. acrylics, not even Photoshop. Nope. Acrylics. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a great job, but it will be done. Yep. Uh, well, remember we have over 200 streams every week, family friendly most of the time, unless Max is on there. That's and pretty much. Your warning right there as soon as Max's face shows up. You know, my, you know the PG rating kind of goes out the window when he shows up. Pretty much. Elgarian streams every day with the basic soda comedy. Heathen Dog streams his less plays, and he's pacifying people. Garthon teams up with Heathen Dog when they are the man isn't making him work. Join the Legion. Spread the word. Join us on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myths. Watch us on YouTube. Watch us live on Twitch. Best way to interact with us. Audio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Let us know what interests you, and maybe we'll care. I was kidding. We care. We care big time. Your support keeps us going. Your support through Patreon, Streamlabs. Get your gear. We'll talk more about it later. Thank you so much. Upcoming activities. Next subscriber giveaway. Uh-oh. Is in March. We don't know when. We'll tell don't you. Yet. We have to talk about it. That's right. We'll discuss it. We have to team up. That's right. Get our brains together. And remember, we're going to Gen Con in 2020. Ticket registration is in January. Activity sign-up is in May. Event is in August. We're letting you know it's early. We know. We know. We've been telling you for almost a year now because we want to see you there. Yeah. Take some planning. Take some time. Might not get a hotel room anywhere close. That's okay. It's a very big event. Lots but of people. almost every place has shuttles. That's so right. Good. So hang out. Church streaming schedule right there. Max Leo streams at YouTube. He's very mean. He's very entertaining. Those things go together. Because as was pointed out by Robert Heinlein, what makes us laugh is not what's actually funny. It is what causes pain. That causes amusement. Along those lines. Stranger in a Strange Land. Read a book. All right. He talks about all sorts of crazy stuff. It's insane. It's wacky. It's nutty. It's cuckoo. It's the Angry Slow Show. Ah, he also recently uploaded to YouTube his Earth Dawn segments. Uh, number six, yeah. the Sops of Adam's Warrior. And number seven, the Sops of Nether Master. Great traction on that. Big among the Earth Dawn community. You will like it, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll learn something about role-playing in general, characterization in general, or about a oh, game system you might like. Side note on that, uh, he got an email from uh, from FASA developer that said that uh, that asked if uh, if someone had questions about Earthon and what disciplines were that could we just show him these videos? <laughs> he, wow, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've noticed that uh, FASA Studios likes those videos, and they should. They're mm -hmm. excellent videos. And yeah. Max is a huge proponent of Earthon. Remember, Algarian, we mentioned him. He's everyone's best streamer for Shroud of the Avatar. 
He might be the best dreamer as well. I don't know. But definitely for sure on the Avatar. The others definitely. are pretenders to the throne. Yeah. They're not bad, but they pale in comparison. That's indeed. Indeed. They're the diet version. They're diet Elgarian. Those other <laughs> soda streamers. Ooh, soda streamers. See how that worked? Yep. Yep. That was good. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Indeed. From you. <laughs> Uh, remember, Shroud the Avatar links to RPO to Roleplayers the Avatar, the premier site for roleplaying within Shroud the Avatar, the community's there, and sodahelp.org, the premier help site for Shroud the Avatar. He streams it every day at 9 a.m. Every day, pretty much. Even yep. weekends. But Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Throughout the week, 6.30 p.m., he's streaming other games. Check him out. It's fun. Rating system, one bad, five good. Disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While you make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Uh, everyone, take a deep breath. Find your center. We went through a lot of information there. And one thing we all know about in this universe, there's a lot of information. Everywhere is made of information. It has been said by the physicists of the world that all matter is made of energy. And I conjecture, I conjecture, I tell you, my friends, at this moment... All energy is made out of information. And in the information around us, surrounds us, is within us, is being us. We must take this, my friends. Coalesce it. Mold it. Shape it. Cuddle it. Pet it. Pat it on the head. Put it to bed. And let you know that all information is one. But that one information is next to a zero in the binary system. And you can't know the one without the zero. And he who could make the one and the zero relevant, the alpha and the omega, who could draw everything infinite between the finite numbers, the one who could let you know and understand the universe of information itself. He the dogs, anime on the stream. Wow. Thank you. That was that was epic. All right. Subscribe! Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, you've reached uh, Heathen Dogs Anime on the stream, where I look at anime that you can see on Netflix and or Hulu because they're the most popular streaming services. And if you're looking for anime, why buy something else? Just use what you already have. All right. And our first anime is going to be Outlaw Star. This is an oldie. All right. We'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Now, it's a, it's a space opera uh, Western. You know, think of uh, what the producers of paramount thought that uh star trek was going to be they were lied to yes they were it's a, it's just it, it's a it's a cowboy thing in space that's exactly what this is all right Isn't uh, that what firefly was yes that's what firefly was that's what this is or both this or was, is, firefly was. One. they both was it exists right. so it is but it's not there you go. creating new episodes so it was right neither of them are so there you go whoa right. now it uh, it all you could read this, of course, but it Anthony all uh, magic. There you go. It it all coalesces around Gene Starwin, the the guy pictured. He is uh, he's an outlaw, obviously. It's in the title, and uh, he's a bounty hunter. He's a fixer. He's whatever he needs to be to make a make a buck and keep on flying. All right, all right. So let's go to the details on this. As you can see, uh, I'm not going to pronounce these names because uh, I'm getting worse at it. I will you say are, that 1990. It's true. I'm getting worse. Uh, it was in 1998 that this came out originally. And uh, you'll be able to tell from the animation when I, when I do my clips. Uh, 22 episodes. And you can watch them right now on Hulu. Yeah. Now, let's get to the main characters. Gene Starwind. Look at him. 
all happy and smug looking. Wide shouldered. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to talk about that later. Uh, he's a bounty hunter and a scavenger. All right. Uh, he's co-owner of Starwind and Hawking Repair Service. And he does bounty right. hunting on the side. Fair enough. Just because it's 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 a it's fun and he's a physical kind of guy and it makes good money. Makes sense. And he's a punk. And he's a punk. And he likes having he, a gun. He loves having a gun. All right. Loves having a gun. He and his father, when he was a kid, made a spaceship Ooh, from scratch. Cool. Yeah. And they took it out the first time they took it out. They went out together. It was like a Sunday drive. Like, just go around oh, the solar nice. system. It's going to be great. Except it didn't go well. Oh. Uh, we can go ahead and take a look at that clip. Drink. Hey, Dad. I got a spaceship. Is that how the voiceover goes? No. Oh. We got the Red Ring of Death like an Xbox 360. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, the alerts happen. And then the pirates in this thing have weird ships. They got the ships with the hands. Oh, like, like, hands. like in the 80s, Superman had that yeah. spaceship with the punching ball gloves yep. on it. Yep, there you go. That's what he, and, uh, oh, no, Dad, no! So they, well, at least they, when they made their own spaceship, they had the sense to put an escape pod in it. Yes, smart. I'll give, them, I'll give them that. Yep. Now, if we go to our next slide, we see... Uh, yeah, he, uh, he has issues now. He is afraid of space, and he hates pirates. Well, I can I can see why. Yeah, Chris, I can see make why. It hard to be a space bounty hunter yeah. with a spaceship shop. Well, he he wasn't a space bounty hunter. He was a planet bounty hunter. He oh, stayed okay. on the planet because he didn't want to go into space. Fair enough. But uh, the, the the events of the, of the series made it so that well, I got to leave this joint. I pretty much burned all my bridges here. <laughs> I gotta go. So he got to get going. Now his his signature weapon is called a caster. Now. Uh, there was the current time toward the stars era, which which is uh, where uh, humanity found uh, FTL. And then right. there's the fixed stars era. In the fixed stars era, before humanity found fast and light travel, there were wizards. And they would... Uh, were they, they would, space uh, wizards? No, they weren't space wizards because there's no FTL. So was, they were just regular kind. And they, they, they tapped into mana that was generated from planets. Well, apparently this started to wear off. This started to wear, it was like a battery that wasn't being recharged. All right. So before all the mana was gone, a few forward thinking wizards uh, trapped some of it in bullets and made a specialized gun to handle the extreme energy of releasing that mana in a form of... Uh, did, did they put like, it in anything it. else as well? Or were they just like, oh no, this finite resource is dwindling. It powers all we do. What should we do? Bullets. Bullets. Or, that's what they decided that, to do. That's bullets. all they... Okay. That's what they did. Uh, but it is very effective bullets. Well, I would think as so. As we can see from our next clip. When, uh, he <laughs> Doug is high on his priorities. <laughs> yeah, and, should we end hunger or start or keep making bullets? For God's sake, man. Keep making bullets. <laughs> exactly. If you feed a man, he's not hungry for a day. If you kill a man, he's not hungry forever. Oh, good thinking. Sorry. <laughs> We play the clip. I'm playing the clip. Oh, okay. Like, where's my gun? There's my gun. Root. Oh my god, that's a gun. Why are you putting lipstick containers in that thing? Oh, son of a bitch! And you know he's shooting. That's a really, really powerful gun. Yeah, it's a no joke gun. Yeah. Now, uh, each, uh, each cartridge has a different power level and a different effect. There's all kinds of these cartridges between a uh, number one round to a number 15 round 
number 23, whatever, you know, and they each have a different power level and they each do a different thing. One of them stuns whole areas with electrical energy. Uh, uh, number three, as you can see, is just a devastating beam attack. But uh, they all they all have di they all have slightly different effects. Yeah. But uh, people don't use casters anymore because oh, number the one, bullets are running out. the bullets are running out, so they're gr are hugely expensive, and uh, the casters eventually wear out because of the extreme stress put on the barrels. Makes sense. And and uh, they don't build them anymore. You know, so that's it. But he loves them because it's a big boom. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason why he goes bounty hunting, so you can make those big scores and buy another bullet. Yeah. All right, now we go to the next main character, James Hawking, called Jim. He is an 11-year-old technical genius. Uh, he started off in the same world as Gene Starwin, no, uh, Sentinel-3. There you go, Sentinel-3. That's the name of the planet they start on. All right. And uh, he is, when I say technical genius, I mean, in, in, the, in the show, uh, Gene says... Uh, what do you need? Uh, give me that stack of stuff over there. And the, propri the proprietor of this junkyard says, all that stuff's broken. And Gene says, yeah, he can take broken stuff and put it all together and make something that works. Just watch. And he does. <laughs> he just makes it work. He's in charge of the team's finances and most of their planning. Well, Mainly someone has to be in charge of that stuff. Exactly. Gene, he, he's a punk. He's not big on the think ahead type stuff. Hmm. Sounds like he don't want to charge the finances anymore. Yeah, yeah, you want that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... Now he was betrayed a while ago uh, when he was when he was a kid, and well, he's still a kid when he was a younger kid. So he's slow to trust you, but once he does and you've proven your trust, he's he's the best friend you're gonna have. Fair enough. He's always got your back. So that's good. Now, uh, the other the third of the main triumvirate of characters is Melfina. Melfina is a bioengineered human. She's oh. a human. Built by computers from the ground up. Oh, just like me. I, I mean, oh, what a what a great idea. <laughs> yeah. She has no memory of her life, even if, if she had one, before she was awoken out of her stasis box by Jean. She was she was in a stasis box that that uh an outlaw had stolen from pirates. All right. And Jean opened it because I want to know what's in the box. Again, not thinking ahead. Opened it up, it automatically started the the auto the uh reanimation sequence like oh i can't stop it well, oh, well i'd call well, it like... dumb but picard did the same thing yeah so. exactly it's like well i guess this is happening all right okay yeah she's very kind she's very affectionate uh she's not she's not very violent so they pretty much have to protect her she when they found out she was made to interface with a specific ship's systems and that ship is on our next slide that is the xgp 15a-2 gene call it gene redubbed it the outlaw star that's a cool yeah. ship it is a cool ship uh it, re it reminds me very much of the 1970s flash gordon ships it looks like the astro orbiter in disneyland okay i'll give you that <laughs> all right it is the most advanced ship in space it's fastest it's toughest um it's bestest it's 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 bestest supposedly there the later on in the series there there are ships where you're like i don't know man yeah there's always that like it's the best there, ever then a few episodes later oh well I, you know uh, well maybe not yeah okay it was made for a specific purpose to enter find and enter the galactic ley line now i'm magic? not gonna Nah, I'm not going to tell you what that is because that that is the the main end plot of the entire series, and you know I don't like to spoil stuff that happens after episode three. That's true. All right, 
but that's what the ship was made for. It was it was made uh, in with co- in combination of the space navy and pirate technology. So best of both of those worlds. Hi, Ravenslayer. Hey, Ravenslayer, how you doing? It has an onboard AI. The onboard AI is named, excuse me, Gilliam Two. So it has and, an uh, onboard AI, and it requires a fleshy girl to to. Yes, because apparently navigating the galactic ley line, you need a biological mind, not just an AI. You need an actual old anime three biological stars. brain. Wow, an old anime three and a half stars. <laughs> Gay, wait for it. All right, now uh, this this AI, he's a bit of a snob. All, All right. right. Yeah, he, he he speaks in a British butler accent, and he he expects everyone to wipe their feet and and raise their pinkies when they drink tea and whatever. And when they don't, because especially Gene, he's just not that guy. He gets all upset and perturbed and gets all fussy. Yeah, what can you do about it though? Yeah, exactly. And while the Outlaw Star is not technically a pirate ship, I told you it has pirate traits because it's made by part pirate technology. It has grapple arms, which only pirates use, because a grapple arm lets you grapple onto another ship, hold onto it. So they can't tear away from you when you try to extend an airlock. Makes sense. To board their ship, take it, all their stuff, and take their ship and sell it for parts or whatever. And it has lots of guns. It has missiles. It has anti-missile missiles. It has... No, that's a thing. Anti-missile missiles is a thing. it is a thing. There you go. And uh, it has uh, uh, triple triple firing 360-degree turret laser beams. That's convenient. It is very convenient. It has all kinds of all kinds of stuff on it, and it's very effective. It even has a, a solar sail deployers on the front, like an emergency so, for an emergency power. No, no, just to give more speed. Hmm, all right. Yeah. So that's good. Now, whoa, wait a minute. I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff here. Oh, here we go. Yep. The next, the next. These are the two minor main characters. They, they, these are characters that that jump on later they both start off as enemies twilight suzuka and and uh aisha clan clan aisha clan clan that's right yeah it it gets weirder okay uh suzuka was sent to kill someone that gene was currently bodyguarding so gene had to step in and she she grew to hate him tried to assassinate him yeah she certainly looks the type yeah, she is. She is the type. Now, the thing with her code is that she can only kill a target at sunset. That's why she's called Twilight Suzuka. All right, fair enough. And so, uh, that's a, that's relative in space, I would think. Uh, on, on the when if uh, if she's on a space station, there is you know five minutes before night cycle, she'll kill then. If right. she's on a planet, she'll wait until the actual sunset. She's dedicated. All right. Yeah, she's dedicated. Now, Jean tricked her into, into on her honor, killing him before her target. I will kill you, and then I will kill your target. And he says, you swear? He says, yes, I swear. Good, remember that. So he just got off the planet, and she had to chase him. His target, his and his, his bodyguarding job was done. <laughs> because as long as he kept his wits about him at sunset, <laughs> it, just, it just evaded her for five minutes. It's like five minutes, you gotta, gotta be careful. Not your exactly. For five minutes every day, he's gotta be super vigilant. <laughs> like uh, uh, Pink Panther with his butler. Yep. And then he'd be fine. And then uh, Aisha, uh, she swore vengeance against Jean for getting her demoted. Uh, she she was she was a, a high-ranking officer in the uh, Katarl Katarl uh, that's a race uh, 
the military sure. and uh she and he he shamed her in the eyes of her and and her people so she was reduced in rank and and her stipend was taken away so he she swore vengeance and she went after him swearing vengeance and uh he befriended both of them in the end because reasons it, it doesn't it doesn't really get into exactly they just happen to fight for a while and then they just stop fighting Grace is like yeah i'm tired of this all right let's yeah. just be yeah, friends it's easier exactly now uh suzuka is a super samurai yes you said right? that. yes uh she has magic like abilities uh she uh apparently she controls the wind with her uh with her she doesn't use a regular katana she just uses a, a training katana a wooden one all right but but at the edge of her wooden katana, she can condense the air to make a, a blade like that's a molecule thick. So right. she can cut through basically anything. She can extend it to create a distance, an invisible distance attack. She can do all that cool stuff. And uh, Aisha, being a Katarl Katarl, she's half human and half large cat, right? She has superior hearing, strength, speed. She has the ability to... Uh, activate dormant gene dormant genes in her body to increase her strength even more so all right to become a truly fearsome creature uh even uh, some parts of the anime she even turns into a large cat and starts just wrecking folk just okay sure. all the way yeah and we get to the bad guys in the beginning of the series it's pirates because duh gene hates pirates he's not gonna let them go right they do pirate stuff they they you know find people that are trying to go from A to B in space and steal all their stuff. That's what pirates do. Now it's the first enemy in the story, obviously because uh, Melfina was stolen from them and they want her back. Well, once Jean finds out that this is a girl that you had in a box, you're not letting that go. And what didn't, wouldn't they have just stolen it from someone else in the first place? Ah, that's true, but that's not the way thieves think. Well, I, I stole, like, it, I stole that fair and square. That's mine. Exactly. I stole fair and square. It's mine. You stole it from me. That was unfair and square. I want it back. See, they have the des- they have that dissonance in yeah. their head. Yeah. Now, uh, these pirates use magic. It's a Tao magic, kind of like a, an ancient, you know, Chinese or whatever, like chanting. Yeah, so they're like chanting. Putting... Yeah. They, they can create force fields and uh, affect gravity and all that stuff with this. So uh, they're they are uh, formidable. They're formidable. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it took uh, a shell number three, which is the third most powerful caster shell, to kill the one tall guy on the left. All the other, they they, they even tried a, a RPG on that guy. It's pew, 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 and it's just bouncing off this force field. Oh, that's not good for you. No, it's not good. And uh, he could create uh, balls of energy shooting at them with his towel magic. So, yeah, but uh, caster shell number three did the trick. Smoked him. Good. Very good. So no, there are more uh, bad guys throughout this throughout the series, but that would be that would be spoiling. All right. Now let's see what I give it. Two and a half stars. It's exactly the middle of the road. It's a meh. All right. It's a meh anime. What I like about it is a good story, and I like it when flawed heroes are written believably and well, and all these guys are. All right, and the action's good. I like it. Now what I didn't like about it. Uh, it's got the 90s animation problem. It actually started in 94, 95, but uh, the shoulders, the bone structure in the upper body is so huge and the heads are so big compared to the extremely skinny and narrow uh, legs and waist that, it, that it's a caricature of the human form. 
that would be great if that were everywhere. But female humans are depicted more or less, uh, you know, accurate. Duncan but says he'd go three. You go three. Okay, I can I can get that. I can get that. Uh, human females are are m much more accurate to real life, so much so that when when paired with a, an adult male, the adult male looks like he's a different species. <laughs> the bone structure looks completely different, and I hated it. What is that called? Sexual diaphorism? Yeah, I think uh, di dimorphism. Yeah, like Duncan yeah. Duncan would know. There you go. He's smart. And, he knows those words. Yeah, and. Uh, the series itself had no nuance to it. It was all in your face. There was no subtext. There was no uh, deeper layer. This isn't an onion. When you peel back the top layer, you, you get nothing. You, you found Dimorphism, the table. Dimorphism, yeah. Dimorphism, there you go. You, you found, you know, the table underneath the food. That's all you found. And the dialogue is poor. It, they, it was written badly. Like, like, like I said, the, the uh, two uh, female females who were after gene because of because of things they had done to he had done to them they fought him for a while and then became friends it didn't really explain it well enough to make sense it, it wasn't written well enough to make sense and a lot of this show is like that it's very disappointing but if you're just looking at it hey it's a it's a space cowboy thing there's lots of shooting which there is there, there there's lots of action which there is then this is for you but if you're looking for something a little more cerebral, you know, with, with some depth, this isn't it at all. How about Cowboy it. Bebop? Cowboy Bebop has much more depth. Donkey says that's where Sunrise put all the writing and subtext. <laughs> that's right. And what's next? All right. Next we have da -da -da. Bleach, the movie three, Fade to Black, I Call Your Name. Now, from now on, I'm just calling it Fade to Black. That's it. That's all it says now, in the cover there. I know. That's because they shortened it for, for the movie poster because they didn't want to pay for all the type. <laughs> I get it. Now, uh, I've done Bleach on this show before. All right. I've, I've reviewed the actual series Bleach. Uh, this, uh, this is a movie toward the... You, you, can, you can place it toward the 75% way through the series. You can place it there. And it would fit perfectly. Uh, soul Reapers are are uh, spiritual beings that have a have a dual purpose in the real world. They protect humans from hollows, which are evil spirits, and they help good spirits, dead people, pass on to their reward, which is Soul Society. That, that's actually the next plane of existence. Right. That's what they do. Now Kurosaki Ichigo, the the orange haired young man pictured here. Uh, he had soul reaper powers awaken in him before he died. So he's alive. He's a human, but he's also a soul reaper and that, and, you know, hilarity ensues. Right. But uh, that's not important for the show. Uh, we'll look at the details. Now uh, this came out on December 13th, 2008. It runs for 95 minutes and you can watch it right now on Netflix. Ooh. There you go. Now main character, Ichigo Kurosaki. Human Soul Reaper, what I said. I, what is a Soul Reaper? I'll explain it to you. How'd this happen? Well, uh, 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 Rukia Kuchiki. I keep saying Kuchiki Rukia because they they flip them in the in the anime because it's Japanese. The the, the surname comes first. Uh, Rukia Kuchiki. She was a Soul Reaper assigned to hunt a very powerful Hollow, 
and it was coming after Ichigo because Ichigo had a lot of pent up spiritual energy just because you know he just did and uh she was fighting it she got hurt so hurt that she felt like she couldn't win and then ichigo was going to die she was going to die ichigo's family was going to die because his entire family is much greater than average human of you know spiritual energy so she uh she gifted him with her remainder of spirit energy to supercharge him so he could fight it and that's how he became a soul reaper. All of his, all of his restrained energy was released, merged with hers, and he became a full-fledged soul reaper at that moment. Now, uh, after a lot of trobs and tribulation of him proving himself to the other other members of Soul Society, he was charged with patrolling his town against the supernatural threats, the hollows, and and helping spirits pass on all that good stuff. Now, uh, Rukia stayed with him to help guide him and train him and help him use his powers correctly and all that good stuff. Well, she had to go back to Soul Society for a little while for some meetings or whatever, because she she is she's part of a military a paramilitary structure, and uh, he goes to sleep and he woke up, not knowing she existed. That happened for like a, I don't know, like twenty minutes, and then it his memory got jogged, and he remembered her. He was like, "Why did I forget?" He forgot all about her. I mean, everything about her. She never existed. Okay, Th- things that she had given him. He looks at it and says, what is that? I remember that thing. You know, completely erased. Very so he's strange. like, okay, something's going on. So he goes to people that know Rukia and say, hey, what happened to Rukia? And they're like, who? What are you talking about? Who's that? Yeah, she, that she came to your shop all the time. She bought things from you all the time. I don't know what you're talking about, kid. You, 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 you're a little touched in the head today. You got, you got hit. You got a noggin punch. No, no one can remember her and he can't jog their memories. So he decides to go to Soul Society, find Rukia, figure all this out, see what's going on. So he goes to Soul Society and he finds Soul Society under attack. And that's what we go to clip number one. Done. Oh my God, we're being attacked. It's like, oh, big snake thing, huh? Well, I got the cure We've for that. We've killed big snake things before. Oh yeah. God. That looks uh, painful if you're a big snake. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't go well for the snake. No, it did not. Did not go well for the snake. Now that mask he's wearing now, uh, Soul Reapers normally don't have that mask. Uh, that he is uh, part hollow, like a little bit hollow, and he's able to pull up a hollow mask on his face to amplify his all of his power, his speed, his strength, his power output. He can he can jam it all up to eleven. With, with that thing on. So, you know, it's awesome. Now, here is Rukia Kuchki. Uh, she's part of the 13 court guard squads. The And their their whole purpose for existing is to defend soul society from attack, defend the earth from hollows, and, and to, uh, you know, bring good spirits back to soul society. In the series, she is a major character. She's in just about every episode that there is. And uh, she and and uh, Ichigo are very, very close, which is why he was able to remember her. The reason being is because the, the, the way that the, the memory erasure works, I'm going to get in that when we get into the antagonist, that uh, it could not erase Rukia from Ichigo's memory. It couldn't. And don't worry, I'll get into that. Now, a strange Reaper slash hollow hybrid, like Ichigo's a little bit hollow. This thing is straight up half and half. 
All right. Half hollow, half soul reaper looking thing. Uh, I said store. I meant stole. <laughs> I, put store I was wondering there. you're trying to say in that sentence. Yeah, stole her memories uh, and erased knowledge of her from everyone she had ever met. Ever. Her brother doesn't know her. Her best friend doesn't know her. Do you steal her memories from herself? And herself, yes. Right. Yes. Now, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and look at the at the uh at the next slide and we'll look at the antagonist that is homura and and shizuku now they are a hollow like duo that have the ability to erase bonds now what that means is they have they have a scythe and it cuts into your brain it it, it goes through you but when it does that it severs your memory and all the bonds you ever created with other people so they don't remember you existed you don't oh, remember right. who you are, and no one remembers you. It's the perfect erasure of, of personality, ever. Now, the reason it didn't work on Ichigo was because her, her spiritual energy and his are permanently fused inside his being. Which, which is how he got his powers. Which is how he got his powers in the first place. He cannot forget her because they're basically their souls are linked with a tangible energy connection. It'd be like you forgetting you have a hand. Yes, unless it's cut off, physically cut off from you, you're not going to forget you have a hand. You know, though I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure there's... remember you had a hand. I'm pretty you sure. Remember you had a hand. Now you got to stop. But that's the way it is. Now, for some reason, they're strangely attracted to Rukia. They not only know her, they really care about her. Are they Everything parents? they do is to protect her from the evil Soul Reapers, and they truly think Soul Reaper is evil. Let's look at clip number two, and and we'll we'll see when Ichigo finds them. And tries to talk to Rukia. Hey, you. That's my buddy. Oh, she's my buddy now. I'm going to get some crops. Rah! No, dude, I'm not a crop. I'm adding dialogue. Stay still, wheat. This wheat is really cantankerous. Get that wheat, Bob. I'm not wheat. My hair is just orange. Oh, God. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, he he switched the scythe to uh to the erase memories mode, so it became intangible, which is uh, why it was starting. It, it was starting the sword. It, it was starting to go through the sword. That's what. Yeah, that's he's like, hmm, time to time to blink out of here. Exactly. Now, uh, it, it explains in the in the movie, you know, their how why they're a hollow soul reaper hybrid thing and why they love Rukia so much. But I'm not going to do that because that ruined the whole plot. Dan, I don't want to do that. Fair enough. That's now, what I do. What did I give it? Four stars. Oh. Paul wants to do it fine, but that's not it's not for me. It's for comics. Save it. It has great action. It's true to the source material. Okay. Uh, all of they have the, all the same voice actors. They have uh, they have all, all the same plot points. They have uh, you know everything that happened in the series is backstory for the movie. It's great, but it's but it's also written in a way where you don't need to watch the series. Oh, that's cool. To enjoy the movie, That's although a good way to of do course those it helps. movies. Exactly, and and you could, if you watch the series, you could fit it <laughs> within within five or ten episodes into the series, and it would it would it would fit seamlessly. Very. Cool. All of this can happen and not affect the series at all, which is not true for a lot of OVAs. That's very true. That it happens in a completely different alternate universe dimension, because if it happens there, it d doesn't fit in the series anymore. I like how Rave Slayer did the four stars. <laughs> you can't. Ha! ha. <laughs> Only Baldur Hart can do it. Now, uh, 
uh, and the whole plot is very well thought out. It's very well put together. All right. Uh, the nice. plot is put together correctly. Now, what I didn't like was the story structure. It seemed a little stilted. Like there wasn't good transitions from one, one uh, point to another, to another, to another. It didn't feel seamless. It seemed like it feels like there was a, there was a, I don't know. There was a, a drastic change in tone between scenes a lot of times and really the, there should have been a ramp up or a ramp down to make it a little more fluid but right. that is really it that is my only complaint about this thing that sounds really and good it is really good i mean i would have given it four and a half if it only if that if that uh, story structure wow. blip only happened once or twice but it happened a lot very high but that, that's could be me being picky probably is but yeah four stars definitely go go get it go like it it's good stuff very nice so, so what are your thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah. What did you think of the segment? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did What did you think of uh, Bleach? Have you seen this series? Have you seen the other movies? I'm going to do another movie, and it's not going to get as many stars. I'll oh. tell you that much. And if you have any suggestions for future anime, please throw it in chat or leave it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, and I will get to it. I promise. As long as it's on Netflix or Hulu. Razor After that, well, that one. Uh, after what? He oh, he owns he... it. Good. That's good. Now, uh, after the well of Netflix and Hulu dry up, well, then I'll move on to greener pastures. But until then, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Yes, all the bleachers. All right, remember, don't miss an episode of Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma on Twitch. You can follow. You can say, oh, boy, that's great. I'm going to follow. You know what's even better? You know, make your life happier. Subscribe! Flash, flash, flash. Not only are we there, you will be able to get into subscriber-only benefits. And also, you go to YouTube, you subscribe, zap, zap, zap. And then you will know exactly what's happening on YouTube when the videos are uploaded instantly, my friends. Make sure you get more Heathen Dogma on YouTube. His anime RPG segments, his team-ups, his past dreams. Oh, his... I put this work. Oh. Yeah, do this work. My name, while you're doing a... Pacify. Pacify, that's right. Yeah, horror, horror movie. Horror, horror, horror movie. things. It's a horror genre, yeah. Everyone loves to watch Heathen Dog cry. It's true. It's like Chekhov. It's not, it's not over until Chekhov screams. <laughs> That's true. Hey! <laughs> the, he always sounds like a Brazilian transsexual whenever he screams. <laughs> the opinions expressed in this video are solely those of the individual host or commentator, <laughs> not representing the That's entire host of organization. <laughs> yeah, I watched the first time he came out and he was horrified. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, the dog. You're welcome. All right, everyone, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present unto you. That was too, was too quiet. We'll do that again. Do that again for all the kids in the back. A little louder this time. Garthon's comic pull, where Garthon buys comics, he reads comics, he tells you about them. So you can learn not only about comics, the comic industry, what's going on, and what is happening in the world of comics. Subscribe! And be happy. Ballard's been telling people that he thought I highly recommend Shira and the Prince of Power as well as Dragon Pilot. I've had one person tell me to make babies with myself and that I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I think it's probably Heath the Dog who told you that. <laughs> uh, I laugh. Heath the Dog is quiet because he, he cries inside. I'm giving him a little ban. <laughs> Give him a little, a little timeout. Heath and Dog cries inside. Got a little five minute timeout. Oh. All right, starting with super. <laughs> because while it follows for to just no. 
The Superior Spider-Man, number three. Written by Christos Gage. Pencils by Mike Hawthorne. Inks by Wade Von Grawbadger. Colors by Jordy Belair. <laughs> I love that name. I love that name, too. I know, right? Cover by Travis Karst. I don't know why he did the cover. It's not as good as any of the art in the book. I don't I don't get it. Maybe he was buddies with someone. I'm not saying the cover... All right, the cover kind of sucks. It doesn't pop. It doesn't make me want to read the book. There's no context. I mean, is he swimming at dusk through like a pool full of mold and you're looking from the bottom? Is It's not a good cover. No. It says powered up, you know? Is, is he... Is he reverse sunspot? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, is, is he playing Altered Beast and he just there powered you go. up? You know, he's on the spider level. There's no spider level. Uh, anyway, art in the book is much better. Okay. I like the art in the book, as you can see here. Uh, last issue. Is that supposed to be sunspot? See exactly right. Reverse Slayer. sunspot. Reverse sunspot. Yeah, as I said, the cover's not good. Yeah. But last issue, Terax came to his hometown and started wrecking the place. Otto Octavius, the superior Spider-Man, went, no, no, that's my town. I don't need no Terax ration. I don't care if you're a Herald of Galactus. And he goes in there to fight him with his goon squad. And uh, he gets trounced really quickly because he's fighting someone with the power cosmic. Right? That'll do it. That'll do it. So what ends up happening is he figures out what's going on because that's what he does. Because mm -hmm. he's Otto Octavius super genius. And he contacts the only person who he could get to help him, his ex-girlfriend. The, the dwarf? Yes, the dwarf. Okay. Um, who, ah, I can't remember her name. Was it Maria? Yeah. But So gets her to help him, help him out. Uh, basically, the idea is she has to, he's like, hey, hey, I'm going to die here. Uh, I'm trying to protect the town. If you could help me out, I'd appreciate it. And Basically, I, he says, I need you to build this device and get it down to me real quick. And she internally debates it. Then she's like, she basically has the conclusion herself that if she doesn't build it, Terex will destroy the whole city and kill everyone. Yeah. If she does build it, you know, she'll help out. But after she builds it and his goons pick it up to take it to him, she, she, what the device does is it siphons the power cosmic out of Terex and gives it to Otto Octavius. Wow, that's a really bad idea. Yeah, after I, she does... I would have sabotaged that device. After it works, she goes, wait, I just gave the power cosmic to Otto Octavius. Yes, you did, that dummy. Was, that was a bad bad plan. Bad call. Well, wow. what happens is, uh, as you can see in this fight, Terex says, Eric, fully, we have some of my power. You've had it mere moments, whereas I... To me, Max, have had it mastered it for years. Basically, like, he has a little taste of the power. Terex still has... Like 80% of it. Let's say 60. Let's say he has 60%, and Otto has 40. And he just got it. It's like, it's like, yeah, I just stole this Ferrari. You don't know how to drive, dude. I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's not going to help you out. Not it's right like, now, anyway. Not going to help you out. The other guy's been driving the Ferrari for years. You're just borrowing it. But one of the things I always love is Pure Spider-Man. Otto Octavius always has to tell everyone he's fighting how much smarter he is than them. So he's a hero, but he's also such a jerk at the same time yeah like d-bag which is the reason i chose this big two-page splash because he was after he's like i was especially i was like a valid point but you are nonetheless an idiot while i'm a genius <laughs> so, now that i have the power power of rock and stone and facing anyone whose skin is made of rock and stone you see where i'm going with this and it really starts breaking terax's skin off of his body awesome crushing him with it 
Twitch Terex gets pretty pissed and starts saying, ow, that really hurts, like like bad. But tell you what, I'm going to crush your whole town. <laughs> so he starts crushing the town, so I has to use the power instead of crushing him to reverse the town crushage. Eventually, he's able to come up with a second plan because he's just dying. Um, but while that's happening, uh, Maria gets down there to try and help out at the scene. I don't want to get that name wrong. That's really bothering me because I can't remember her name because she's a cool character. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, Maria Marconi. I was right. Okay. So Maria Marconi gets down to the scene because she's like, okay, I got to do something about this. And they figure out, basically they get a hold of his axe for a second, and they analyze it to figure out what frequency he like vibrates on cosmically. Mm -hmm. And of course, Otto knows, not by heart, but he, the, the Silver Surfer, all the heralds vibrate at the galactics, all vibrate differently at different frequencies on the cosmic scale. Sure. So when they're able to finally analyze the signature by having his axe for a bit, they basically, like, he basically tosses the axe to Maria, who uses the device they previously used to siphon energy to modify its frequency. So when he gets his axe back, it basically like counteracts his own energy and acts as a poison pill. Right. Which makes which it makes sense the way they've set it up. You know, it's comic book logic. Sure. Um, which enables them to you know finally beat him. Right. And then. It's like, ah, I'm victorious, and I have the power of cosmic, ha ha ha, and everyone's like, oh, crap. And then he puts the energy back in the siphoning device, and as he says, I've seen what this power does to people. I'm not having it happen to me. It's like, oh. He's still an arrogant oh. jerk about it, but he is smart enough to have witnessed history, like anyone else who's the power of cosmic for a little bit, generally kind of drives him half nuts. Yeah. And he's already half nuts, so he doesn't need the, that's a very, very short drive for him. Yeah, yeah, whole nuts is just around the corner. Yeah, so, so yeah. he's actually smart. Like, So he puts it back in the container. They're like, you're great. Like, yes, that was a bit taxing, though. I think I... And then he just passes out. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, at that point, his goon squad... Actually, I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, the Night Patrol. Mm. You know, we got the... The chick who could... Uh, anyway, we got the weirdos he had, had previously. Uh, the brothers Grimm, uh, the chick has control over fabrics. Um, basically, after he gives back the power, like, like there, this device is an adequate just for the moment. Brothers Grimm, attend to my command. I order you to, and then he passes out. And then the cops are shooting up. They're like, "All right, cops, we're out of here. <laughs> Should we take the boss with us? Nope, he slowed us down, and he we, he told us only to follow orders. He did not order us to take him with us." <laughs> and so they take off when they're silly stars because they're the Brothers Grimm. Right. Um, he passes out. He's like, oh, no, the cops. Because if the cops get him, they'll figure out who he is. Or at the very least, put him in jail because he's not a sanctioned superhero by any means. Hmm. Uh, but he ends up waking up back in the labs he works at because he works at some super high-tech biomedical company. Sure. And Maria is there. He's like... Basically, she grabbed him from the cops. Alpha Flight collected Terax because they're used to dealing with power cosmic idiots. So they shoved Terax in prison, in their cosmic prison. Um, she took him back to their work and told their boss, like, hey, he got hurt in the big in the incident downtown by Terax, which is true. 
She didn't tell him, oh, and nope, he's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's not a lie. Yeah, not a lie. So the boss like, oh, yeah, fix him up here. All the hospitals were jammed full of patients anyway, which is true, because he tried to minimize damage as much as he could. But, you know, this is Terax. Yeah, yeah, he was blowing up the town. He was doing what he could to stop it. <clears throat> Unlike Man of Steel. So, ah, <laughs> accurate burn. So, ah. and then he didn't even break Tarek's neck. <laughs> the, <laughs> sorry. So basically, and it ends with kind of an awkward scene where she's like, look, I'll help you out. I'll be your partner in this, but I'm never going to be your girlfriend again. That's not happening. Don't get your hopes up. And two, you, I'm going to be watching you like a freaking hawk. It also gives backstory to where she, after she found out that this guy she was working with actually was Otto Octavius, he was going under a different name. Mm-hmm. She actually contacted Peter Parker to ask, hey, what the hell, why is he in a, alive and in a different body? And, and Pete's like, oh, well, you know, he had this total change of heart, you know, we, you know, basically kind of defended him. He's like, he's at my work. And I was like, oh, that weird creepo. Uh, okay, I'll be over this. She's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll see what happens. So I like the little backstory. Like, she's not just jumped to clues. She actually tried to talk to people, find, you know. The the writing has done a really good job of drawing the line between he's a hero, he's also a jerk. Yeah. He believes he's better than everyone. Right up until the point where, like, he's going to die, and then he's real not afraid, or gonna he thinks he might lose, then he's not afraid to ask for help. Like, he's not a complete moron. He's like, no, I'm superior, and then he gets beat up because he wouldn't ask for someone, you know, for a dime for the phone. No, he'll ask for a dime for the phone long before that comes. Right, right. I mean, yeah, his hypocrisy only goes that far. Right, right. His belief in his superiority, and then after he does, of course, of course I won because I'm superior and I was smart enough to make that phone call. You know? There you go. So he'll bet, twist anyway he does. And he is honestly trying to help. But do you want his help when he's such a jerk? Yeah, fair enough. But you know what? I got to say, between what's happening in Spider-Man and Superior, and Superior, Otto is still proving he is the Superior Spider-Man because Peter Parker's a moron. The way he's been always has been. He's always been a loser. <laughs> well, before he was a lovable loser. Now he's just yeah, kind of... Yeah, now he's just a wallowing loser. It's, Nick Spencer's actually been better with it than... Anyway, long story. Uh, but also, like, when he wakes up the hospital, he's like, so what happened to that uh, container full of the Power Cosmic? She's like, yeah, Alpha Flight took that too. He's like, uh... Yeah, good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because you know they'll they'll deal with theories to that stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's like really, really, Otto. Was it? Is that good? Is that? Good? I like how they left that little thing in there, where it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Like, hmm, hmm. Is it? But you find out that Maria actually still has it. Of course. Just in case. Uh, Racer Peter is a loser. Not Damn a it, loser. It's, poor, it's ri- poor writing. I agree. Yeah. He's not a loser. Okay. All right. It is poor writing in that case. Well, no, he he's the Peter Quill definition of loser. They're not losers. They're just people. He's just someone who lost a lot of stuff. <laughs> and he keeps losing things. Well, I, there was a time when he was like kind of a nerdy loser and things were like he was poor and things were against him. But he was the head of a multinational corporation and a billionaire. Well, and he was an absolute idiot. Well, he wasn't ready for that. I mean, well, no, he wasn't. You, that, that's the who argument. Who got him that? Well, well Octavius got him that. There you go. And then, <laughs> then he goes back and goes back in his own body. Yeah. Or get the new body, whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I can do it. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, man. So. But uh, I enjoyed this issue. 
it this has been like a nice short three issue arc of creating the new series. I didn't like how they portrayed him in the last Spider-Verse thing. I thought Otto was portrayed kind of poorly. He was there a lot, but they made him a little more evil than he should have been, really. Right, right. Um, I have liked Christos Gage's take on the character. It's been interesting. I've liked where it's going. Uh, Mike Hawthorne's pencils have been nice with the way the scenes are set. I like Jordy Beller's colors. They're kind of muted. It's almost a realistic palette. I really enjoy it. Uh, Rio says Pete is no Tony Stark financially. They say no Tony Stark brains wise either. That's true. Nor was he ever meant to be. No, he wasn't. I mean, smart. Yeah. Yeah, he's smart. He was a but, physics genius. Yeah. But that but doesn't. The he's not technological Tony Stark. wonder guy. Yeah. No. Well, he did make the spider tree. He did do some amazing things, but not as much as like Otto. Anyway. Yeah. And he didn't um, have a business degree, so. Right. There. So I really enjoyed this book. I didn't super love it. I did really. I. I just smile after reading it. It was a good book. I really enjoyed it. And for that, because I enjoyed this book so much. Oh, here it comes. Three and a half stars. <laughs> I really liked it. I didn't four star love it. Four stars is like the edge of love it. I really, really liked it, though. Okay. If the art was like a little sharper, I did like the art, though. I can't. I have nothing against it, but I think it could have been a little more dynamic at times. Mm. Um. I do like the addition of the night crew in there with their brothers Graham and all those people because they're they're absolute idiots and Otto knows they're idiots, so it actually kind of goes to the trope of the evil mastermind with the morons as followers. But he knows they're morons, but he uses that to his advantage. It's like I expect you people to screw up. I count on it. So I, anyway, great series. I highly recommend it if you enjoy Spider-Man. I don't recommend The Amazing Spider-Man if you highly enjoy Spider-Man. That's me. It's true. All right. Next. Heroes in Crisis number six. He would have gotten three stars. That's just me. I don't blame you. I enjoyed it. I have a soft spot for a while. Okay. I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again because we're on air now. Why do you keep doing this to us? Do Heroes in Crisis? Yeah. Because right now at this point, uh, it, it causes me great pain every issue. But if I spread that pain to the universe, it hurts less. Yeah, but it's a D-bag move. This series is so bad. I have to keep talking about it because I can't believe it exists from a major publisher who keeps losing readers. I was like, why do we keep losing readers? I don't know. Tell you what, let's stop making comics that are fun with characters that are likable and have it filled with people talking about their feelings and all of them are sad. Yes! Who do we get... Who do we get to write that? Oh, well, Tom King only writes about people who are sad inside. Yeah, he hits it out of the park every time. He's well, incapable of writing a comic without someone being sad and complaining about their parents. Yeah, he, he hits the ball out of the park, the yeah. park behind him. Yeah, so, But still, it counts, right? But let's make sure the art is really good. Except in this issue, where the art is good for half of it and acceptable for half of it. Written by Tom <laughs> King. Tom, no. Batman must always cry, King. Art by Clay, I'm too good for this book, man. And Mitch, I'm adequate for this book, Garage. <laughs> I'm exactly what this book needs. <laughs> Pretty much. That's mean to say, but yeah. Uh, color by Mitch Garage and Tomomori. And cover by Mitch Garage. Like I said, the cover art's not bad. I don't think he's a bad artist. I don't think he's as good as Clay Mann. I think if, I actually think his art self probably fits the book better than Clay Mann, just because I hate the book. <laughs> anyway. Ah. Uh... All right, as with every other stupidest series book in the series, it has to do 
you get your page of people talking to the camera to get their feelings. And, of course, Harley Quinn, because Tom King goes to sleep every night clutching his Harley Quinn body pillow. Uh, like some And saying, oh, Harley waifu. Uh, yeah, I know it's not anime. That's what he does anyway. All I, right. It's great. Uh, and just how she, don't worry, I know you could beat up Wonder Woman. Those people are so wrong. You're the best. You're the best. Uh, the most interesting character in the whole book is Nark. Nark. Nark the caveman. Right. And this book is about saving yourself and saving people. Um, so basically, it, it focuses on the characters Nark, Wally West, Flash, and Harley Quinn. Because every book Tom King writes focuses on Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um. Narc's a caveman, so he doesn't really speak very well. But Narc is also like very fond of reading like Keats and Locke and Hobbes and philosophers. Like that's why I got this. You can see this page on the right. It's very nicely set up. You see, Narc is remembering being on the a mammoth. He just you know maybe sleeping, maybe he killed it. Who knows? But he said that like Narc remember old world before before Narc frozen before Narc wake a new world become superhero. Narc think of Keats and then he goes into saying one of Keats's poems. Bright star, right? Would I were steadfast as thou art, not in lone splendor aloft in the night, and watching with eternal lids apart, like nature's patient sleeping eremite. I'm not gonna go to the whole poem. Um, but then he finishes with yes, pretty. So. I know it's done for laughs that he is in love with art and beauty and, co- and all this stuff, but he still talks like a, like a stereotypical caveman. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying that it's the best part of this book is saying a lot about well, the book. Not this part in particular. There's a lot of scenes with Narc where basically like kind of flips between these three characters. Oh, oh, and also there's this problem with the series overall continuity. It has none. This issue happens I before issue one. But they don't tell you that at any point. You just have to figure that out because all these people are now alive or doing other things. And so continuity sucks in this series. Anyway. Um, basically, the narc storyline is he kind of talking to himself the whole time. Not kind of. He is talking to himself the whole time. About how when he was a caveman... He didn't, when he living in the past, he didn't have to think about anything. He just fought for survival. He was never afraid of death because all he ever thought about was how to live. Fighting for your next scrap of food. Fighting not to be eaten by a freaking tiger. So you never thought about death. You only thought about life. But then, now, he's become a superhero. And he's able to read and learn and find this knowledge. And he no longer has to worry every day about how he's going to eat, if he's going to live. And that's when you start worrying about death. Because now you can. You have that luxury. And that's actually an interesting point from the caveman point of view. Here's the thing. It gives a nice, complete story about him. Because he actually, like, at the end, he's willing to leave the simulation. Because he's made peace with himself of, while in the past I had the, what you would call freedom, in itself was its own slavery, because all I had was day-to-day survival. And now, even though I have to live by all these societal norms and do all these things, and I can't just run around naked and killing mammoths, 
now I can learn. Now I can read poetry. Now I can witness beauty and not the short, thuggish, brutish nature of life. And, and I think I've made my peace with that. And, he's and he says, I'm ready to go now. And of course, the next scene is him being killed from issue one. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Why waste all the space? It's like, wow, this character's kind of cool. Dead. Oh, I actually want to see more narc. Oh, I guess that's never happening. Screw me. Screw you, Tom King. Um, <laughs> now I listen to what happens to Mammoths when you eat them all. <laughs> um, the Harley Quinn storyline is apparently either she snuck in to Poison Ivy's therapy session or Poison Ivy snuck into her therapy sessions and they're killing the Joker over and over again for laughs, I guess, because they're empowered women who only need each other. Because that's what Tom King who only does. needs simulated murder to to get their kicks. Yeah, oh, uh, and right. her and her lover poison ivy, which wasn't a thing until recently. I guess a couple years ago it started, but now poison ivy wears like a full bodysuit because someone decided the costume she wore since the 1950s. Yeah, and in it the is... Batman 66 TV series and yeah, in the Batman is... anime series was too sexy. Yep. Is it still skin tight? Is skin? Imagine wearing a black body stocking, and over it you're wearing a loose green swimsuit. That so seems it, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It looks really stupid. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. it's, it's sure. very stupid. DC has made a lot of brilliant decisions recently. That's why they're losing money. Um, so that's their storyline. I don't even know why it's there. Um, uh, Wally West's storyline basically has to do with how he's all butthurt and sad inside. Why? Because after the last like flash crisis of infinite points, um, when he Two. came back from the dead, yeah, and Flash's like, "Oh, I'm so happy you're back." He basically it has all um, he's back, but everyone he loved, like his wife, his kids, they don't exist, and everyone says they never existed. And also, and it goes through him, like, remembering all these different, like, like being up with, like, these future Teen Titans. They're like, oh, we're so bad, glad you're back. And he's basically, like, he's had a bunch of rebirths, but his family's gone, and they never come back. And he's, like, super sad about that. And then it kind of gives, then it kind of goes back to the murder scene. And you get the hint that maybe he freaked out and killed everyone because he's telling someone else, oh, what's supposed to happen like this? I guess that came out of nowhere. So great. So you start out issue one showing it's either Harley or Booster Gold who killed everyone. And then in issue six out of nowhere. No, wait, it's this person who did it. What a twist. Yeah. And maybe not because maybe it's a swerve because they're trying to be clever and it's just confusing and stupid. It's not interesting. The, the narrative has no cohesion. The best part of the book is Narc. And he dies. And the only reason you, he made him interesting was so you'd care when he killed him. Thanks. Thanks for that. But at least he had a complete story with goals and care development. And unlike any other character in the book or series. Super. Well, I guess, so it's just... 
I, the, I, you can see like my, the art is good. Look at this. That's Clay Man. Here's the other guy. The, the change of styles is dramatic when it happens. Like, what? I thought it was in a different book. I had to double check what happened. I didn't know if I just switched into a Snickers ad. I didn't know. Um, wow. Yeah, the, the wow. change of an art style is dramatic. The art's not bad. Yeah. Like the Harley it's Quinn Poison Ivy scene. completely different style, it, Yeah, the though. style's totally different. The settings are different. The frame is different. The coloring's different. Um, it's a it's big more like distance. a noir type thing, only it's color. Right. It's it's a very just a much darker style. Um. Yeah. So, oh, also the first scene where uh, the first like Ivy and Poison, uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn and therapy thing when they mm -hmm. summon the Joker, Poison like, all right, now punch him, and Ivy like knocks his teeth out. And then like you see like like Harley's like half crying. Cause she loves him, she, but by the end they're like killing him, and Poison Ivy's having like vines go up and twist his corpse around like a puppet. And then later you see there's a giant pile of corpses. So wait, is she actually with someone who has human feelings inside, or is she a twisted monster who loves creating piles of bodies? Yes. Why not both? Sure. Because Tom King loves Harley Quinn, and you mm -hmm. don't need any sense. You forgive anything when you love someone because you're a codependent, drunken idiot. All right. Um, I don't mean I in no way mean that Tom King is a codependent drunken idiot. I mean that this is just it's nonsensical crap. Yeah. We, we we have no proof. Yes. <sighs> Tom King is capable of great writing. That narc stuff was pretty neat. It was a little overdone, showing like I read I have a book on Keats and I can write down poems, but overall the arc was nice. The Wally West stuff is not nice. It somewhat understandable, but he's a superhero, damn it. Why can't he go to a normal therapist to say this happened and I'm sad inside? You know what? No, he has to go to a super place and decide maybe murder everyone? I don't. It doesn't make any sense. And why is everyone... Okay, alright. Here's the thing about this place, too. When you go to super psychotherapy session in the middle of nowhere so that no one knows who anyone is, everyone has to wear like these gold masks and white robes. You look like some freaking creepy-ass scene out of... Uh, Ah, out of a movie by that creepy ass director. Not who did 2001. Kubrick. Yeah, it looks like you're seen out of a Stanley Kubrick film. It looks like mm. eyes wide, freaking shut. You know. Wow. So what the hell? But it looks ominous. It. Yeah, that's what I want in my therapy center to feel better. O ominous. Everything being yeah. ominous. Yeah, yeah. I I want to I want to get my mind right. I better go to to, to some place that that generally makes everyone feel really uneasy i mean they might as well start handing out cop uh, copies of dianetics at the door okay yeah for god's sake um this book disappointed me in that it didn't suck as bad as i thought it was going to suck but it still sucked uh duncan says i think i'll see much for each of them kills everyone their vision we are all broken praise harley yeah pretty much so, this book was disappointing on multiple levels, including the level that it wasn't disappointing as I thought it would be. It was disappointing in different ways, but not to the intensity. It's like you're expecting to get kicked in the balls, and all you get is punched in the gut really hard. Yeah, it still sucks. Suck different. But did it suck better? So it's crap. 
but I like the other crap. Um, I, the other crap had nuts in it. Uh, one and a half. Maybe I could be convinced two stars. It'd be a lot of convincing. I, th- I think we can stick with one and a half. One and a half stars. I just. Yeah. Anytime some, why someone asks, if comic book movies make billions, how come comic book sales are down? There are multiple reasons for this. We're going to talk about that later. This is one of them. This is one of the reasons. Not this book in particular, but as a symptom. Mm-hmm. This book. 1.5 is too good for it. It's not a 1, and it's not a 0.5. The art's really solid. I like the narc part of it. But yeah, one and a half. It's not... All right. Last up. From Xenoscope Comics, Robin Hood Outlaw, number two. Written by Howard Mackey. Art by Babasu Curtis. Colors by Juan Manuel Rodriguez. Cover by Riviero Mohan Sivakami. That's a heck of a name. Yeah. Sounds like a mixture between uh, Indian and Japanese. Yeah. I'm for it. All right. So, uh, Howard Mackey is a writer I've liked for a long time. He actually, if you ever read Ghost Rider in the 90s, that was Howard Mackey. Um, He created the Danny Ketch character. He did all that. Um, So, yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. This book, uh, like a lot of the Xenoscope stuff, it's kind of like retellings of fairy tales, like modern takes, different things. And this is like a Robin Hood story. Okay. In it, uh, the first issue... Uh, Robin is going to see one of her friends, but, uh, looks like everything's gone to hell. Like, someone's, like, attacking... She's getting mysteriously attacked by someone firing arrows with what looks like peacock quills for the fletching. Um, she goes to catch up with her friend. Her friend gets killed by an arrow. She pulls the arrow out. It's like, what the hell? And then the cops bust in. And she's like, whoa, I didn't have anything to do with this. You need to help my friend. And they pull a gun. She's like, oh, oh, you're in on it. Oh. So she ends up running from the cops. She's been set up. There's a mysterious assassin out there. And she ends up tagging along with this homeless chick uh, because they basically, it's like one of those, uh, she was running away around, running across rooftops, knocked in this chick. She ended up having to save the chick from getting shot. Now the chick goes her life. So it's like, I'll help you out. And it turns out that this girl she ran into actually has some sort of crazy superpowers where she could like fold into the shadows and take people with her how fortuitous you're my first merry man yeah it's pretty kind of what happens there but really it was actually a really neat scene because they're falling off a building and it's like what hold on to me and then she like folds her cloak over and like folds into shadow and then they're fine and then when after they rest and everything, it's like, well, we're ready to go. And she, like, just flips the shadow aside like it's a fabric. Like you're opening a tent. And there's okay. just walking out of a shadow. It was a really neat effect. I should have got a screen grab of that. Um, the story, the first issue, I wasn't super in. I was like, ah, it's okay. But this issue, two actually ramps it up a lot better. Um, they're constantly on the run from the cops. They're trying to find a safe space. They try and check in on their friend. Uh, on the friend that got hurt. And you're actually starting to see Robin pull out some of the skills we're expecting, where she's playing grappling hook and swinging to safety. Um, she's using her uh, martial arts abilities, firing off her bow and arrow. Um, the art's pretty solid in the book, too. Nice sense. I like the way a lot of the scenes are dressed. That's why I grab these pages. Just choosing how to display the scenes. 
I really like the way he sets them up and everything. Um, finally, they decide the Tatters, who is the name, who is the the code name of the homeless girl, Robin picks up. Now they're you know, they're buddies. They're bonded. Mm-hmm. Basically, sure. she, you know, Tara says, "Oh, you a life debt," and not, and just like stop you from falling. It's not going to cover. Yeah, I need you know. So they're going to this underground location, but in order to get in, they have to go and get through the the, the guard thing. Yeah. It's actually kind of seems like, oh crap, he's on duty today because Tatters knows the place she's actually allowed in there. But take Robin and Robin has to be let in, and to be let in, whoever's on guard duty has to agree to let you in. And the guy guarding is a total dick today. And Tatters like, he's like, I'm letting you. I was like, tell you what, she'll engage in hand-to-hand combat. It's like, all right. And then he's like, not your lucky day, chicka. Let's go sit. Like see your, like to post your broken body on Instagram. I thought that was kind of clever. Um, but they end up having a big old fight. She uses her like magic eyeball to see that he has, she has a magic symbol on his forehead. He's able to crack it down, which actually stops his powers from flowing. It's just a teenage kid. Um, oh. it this whole issue is basically one large chase scene, and it works really well. Uh, there's little bits of moments where they have time to rest, but it's kind of like an action film where they go, go, go. Okay, we have rest. We can talk a little bit. Okay, now go, 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 go. And it works really well. Uh, you actually start getting an idea of their personality of Tatters, of Robin, um, and you start getting introduced to the world they live in, how it's going to be set up. This is still very much setting the scene. And I really enjoyed this issue. I thought the art was pretty sharp. I like the use of color. It's all pretty muted, but it always fits where they're going. Um, the characters get a lot more fleshed out. The first issue, I didn't think the characters were fleshed out very well. Just didn't seem all interesting. But the second issue, I think, is really starting to pick up, and I really liked it. Um, not love. I'm not going to say I loved it, but I really, really liked it. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting book. I really want to see where it goes next. So I am going to give it three and a half stars. I could be talked up to four. Um, so somewhere in there, very solid only, I, book. I would probably try and talk you up, but there's only been two so far. So right. it I, still I, fall yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. It's kind of like one. I didn't like so much. Uh, two. I liked a lot. So I guess between the two of them, three and a half, uh, I could get talked up to four probably, but, uh, yeah, I really like the book. I still want to know what's up like her magic eye. And she still thought of people like, Oh, that's magic. That's impossible. She's like, really? You think? Because she obviously has some sort of magic, but she don't know how the rules are yet. Mm-hmm. So there's all this stuff just hinted at, which is interesting. I want to know a little more. Um, like you don't have really, you don't need the everyone's full background story in issue one. And they haven't given you that at all, which is good. So compared to Heroes in Crisis, it's five stars. Because <laughs> that one made me sad. This book, I got done reading. I wanted to read the next issue. Here's in Crisis, I got done reading, and all I could think of, like, the different levels I was sad at. Thank God it's another month until the next one. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, three and a half. I could be talked to four stars for Robin Hood, Outlaw 2. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you can pick it up at your local store. And what are your thoughts? What do you think of this? Do you have any other books you think I should look at? What do you think of Heroes in Crisis? Am I off base? Am I just not smart enough for Heroes in Crisis? It's possible. 
It's I, it's not true. But um, I will entertain arguments that it's just it's just too deep for me, and I'm a Cro-Magnon, you know, who likes Conan comics. I don't like the new ones. So, you know, what do I know? If you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, let me know. I'm always interested in hearing about new books or what you want to hear about. It's dog poop compared to Heroes of Crisis is five stars. Well, it's like you put it on the page artfully. Right, uh, right. Make sure don't Pro- miss an episode of Grapple. Properly framed. Yeah, properly framed. Follow. You can follow. Like, oh, boy, I'm already notified. What else you can do? Subscribe! And then everything is good because you know exactly when the live stream is happening. You can be a part of it, just like all the fine people here right now. And then you go on YouTube. I upload to YouTube. You subscribe there. Zap, zap, zap. And it is zapped into your mailbox or notifications or text or whatever you want that YouTube does. So you know instantly when Garth Hunt's comic is uploaded for you. Make sure not to miss more Garthong, my YouTube stuff, my comic poll, my team-ups with Star Trek Online, with Heathen Dog and Elgarian. I stream Star Trek Online 9 Central, 10 Eastern on Sundays. Watch for my past streams. Join me, everyone! Thank you very much. Yeah, when are you going to start the console game thing? Soon. Okay. I was going to start it this week, but uh, until one of my co-workers from out of town comes back, I don't know if it's going to be practical because there's a lot going on right now. Okay. Soon, TM. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I actually, actually, talking on that front, I will start streaming from the console when Legend of the Heroes: Cold Blue Steel Part One PS4 remake gets released later this month. Anthem okay. team up says Duncan. I don't own Anthem. Well, he's telling you to buy it. I don't want to spend sixty bucks on Anthem. Spend 60 bucks on Anthem because Duncan says so. Wow. I can't argue with that, can I? No. Damn. Damn, you're logic, heathen dog. All right. I'll look into it, Duncan. How's that? I'll look he's into got a, it. He's got a brand new PC. He you does have. Well, it's on console. Game. It's different. I know, right? But that's what I'm saying. You think you'd, you'd want to play a PC game, you know? Why not do both? That's what we do. Uh, All right. Fair. Thank you, everyone. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy it on Xbox so we, we can team up. If I get it, I have to get a special permission slip. Yep. From my boss. Oh, his usual gaming group is Xbox. Oh, I don't have a usual gaming group. Well, I do, but it's PC. And it, it's Heathen Dog. That's my usual gaming group. Much love. Now it's time for the RNG where we talk about random things going on in the world. And what is on our mind tonight? That's right. It's Darth Mickey and Marvel. (laughs) So, there has been a lot of talk recently about Disney maybe dissolving Marvel Comics. For a while, actually. Yes. Conversations picked up recently. uh, Because comic books are losing money right now. DC is losing money. Marvel's losing money. Almost everyone's losing money. Or I should say, the big companies are losing money. Right. There are multiple reasons for this. They primarily have to do, from what I've read, I'm not an expert. Well, I've read a lot about it, but I don't own a comic shop and I'm doing that. The way comic books are distributed today is through one company called Diamond Publishing. They set the rates. They control what happens. And in the old days, there would be multiple uh, distributors you could get your comics through. They would have different sets of how many minimum you had to buy, how soon you had to put the orders through. And so a store 
could order like a couple issues of something, see if it was successful, and then order more. Diamond doesn't play that. Diamond is, you have to order 80 issues up front, or 50 issues up front, or we don't give you a discount. And so these small companies, small comic book shops are forced to order huge amounts of books. They have no idea if they're going to sell up front. Then they could easily just take a bath. Yeah, and that happens a lot. A lot of people look, took a huge bath on Secret Empire. A lot of people took a huge bath on DC Rebirth. Um, a lot of people took a huge bath on the last Batman thing. So that keeps happening. And the comic stores are losing money. Right. The comic companies, because the comic stores are going under and not buying as many books, and they all have exclusive deals with Diamond, are losing money. Oh, so it's time to renegotiate. they're freaking out trying to do different things to get people to buy books. DC's solution is to try and appeal to niche audiences. By niche audiences, meaning people who traditionally haven't been buying comic books and trying to get them to buy books. This has not worked because they're not trying to get niche audiences as in, let's get try and get people who love football or let's try and get people who love muscle cars or let's try and get people who love um, wine tasting yeah, these people, these people you want to get that you just said, they would not touch a comic book. Right. But the audience they're going after are basically people who are politically motivated to the far left. That's who they're kind of, DCs would tear a lot of stuff to. And they've been taking a bath. Yeah. DC, Marvel has done some of that as well, quite a bit actually. And mm. those books all don't sell. And on top of that, Marvel's also been doing a approach where they flood the market meaning the they'll introduce a series like the upcoming war of the realms and you can't just buy war of the realms there's also five tie-in series and uh two unique series that go along with it as well they're all limited series and they ex expect the complex stores up front to buy all this stuff at once and so instead of the comic store is thinking, I'll get a couple of this, a couple of that. They're expected to lay out a huge amount of cash. And they've just taken baths on every time they've done this. But Marvel can tell their investors, look how many books we sold. Well, you made it mandatory. You said they couldn't buy the book unless they bought that many. Or they bought all these other crossovers. So you're shooting, you're killing the people who you need to sell your books. And so that's a lot of bad business decisions. And on top of that, you're starting to make books that are chasing away your traditional customers. You're taking the characters they've grown to love over the years and changing them in ways that makes them unrecognizable. Um, like Spider-Woman is now completely unrecognizable compared to how she was. She-Hulk. She-Hulk is unrecognizable compared to how she was. Um, this happened in quite a few... This Superman had been changed to a completely unrecognizable jerk. So they killed that version off and brought back an old version. Right. And um, before that, they changed him into red and blue. Before that, he was just well, blue. That was... Before that, oh yeah, it was a long time ago, but still, Superman's gone through a lot of crap. They were all failures. Every time they, they tried to change him, right. it turned into a failure. And then they bring back Dan Jurgens and he makes it successful again. Then Dan yeah. Jurgens goes to a different book. Someone takes Superman, screws him up again until they get Dan Jurgens back. That's yeah. been the path they've had. Um... So, there's been talk reasons that Disney does not like to lose money. No. Rule the, number one of business, don't lose money. Right. The movies print money. I mean, you, they, you know, 
every time a Marvel movie drops, even if it's bad recently. Yeah. The, the U.S. economy has to put more money into the economy just to so people can pay for tickets. Right. That's yeah. like I didn't think Thor 3 was that great a film. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. But was they it. made hundreds of millions of dollars. Stupid amount. So. And so the talk is they might shut down Marvel. Of course, everyone says that's insane. You can't shut down Marvel. That's your idea house. That's where all your money's coming from right now. At least the big chunks of it. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Disney has already, Disney has Disney comics. DuckTales, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Right. They all have. Oh, I see where you're going. Right. They've licensed out these characters and IDW bought the license and makes these books. So it's entirely possible that Disney will shut down Marvel Studios. Not Marvel Studios, but Marvel Comics. License the characters out to IDW or whoever pays for them. And let them make it. So now they are laying out no money for new ideas for their characters. They're getting mm-hmm. paid for other people to make new ideas for their characters. Yeah. The comics and, are still getting made. Right. And uh, the, this this new company, IDW or whoever, that could, could try and find a different distributor with different rules. So the, so the, uh, the local mom and pop comic shop isn't getting screwed over. Right. And I think IDW still uses Diamond. Almost everyone does. They have a virtual monopoly. But there hey, are... Well, Disney has so much money, they could just make Disney their could... own distribution company. That's the thing. If Disney really wanted to support Marvel, they would just get out of a stupid deal with Diamond and distribute it themselves. They right. have the resources. Does Disney want to outlay the, outlay that money, though? That's mm-hmm. the question. Are they really serious about ending it and licensing it out? That could be great or it could be terrible. It certainly True. would be a horrible end to Marvel Comics. The company Stan Lee and Jack Kirby built would be gone. And that was a yeah. fear that people had when Disney first bought Marvel, that they would just piece it out the company immediately. And they didn't. Not immediately. No. Actually, Disney could be convinced to distribute the comics themselves if not only it would make marvel money it would it would save the the uh um comic shops but all the comic shops would move to them and diamond can go to hell yeah that's if they're given a better deal but here's the thing they haven't even done that for disney comics i know right what's up with that (laughs) so i don't get it it. well disney comics is a lot more streamlined than marvel or dc True. Yeah, I mean... But they're... yeah, also, Marvel has too many damn titles. Yeah. They really do. You don't um, need, you know, seven, eight different Spider-Man. You don't need... You don't need that. You don't need that. Dial it down. There, there are too many... I love Spider-Man. There are too many Spider-Man titles. Yeah. There are too many Avengers titles. No one yes. reads West Coast Avengers. They're still not no. going to read it. No, man. Just Especially not go. the new version. That's terrible. Um, You could really streamline Marvel's books. Yeah. So... Marvel's made a lot of bad business decisions. I don't know who's to blame for that. There's a lot of blame to go around. But even if Disney does destroy Marvel Comics as a company, the characters would live on and actually might. This is the optimist in me. It actually might mm-hmm. be better for the characters. Just and because they'll also have... better better for the comic seller and the comic reader. It very well could be. Or it mm-hmm. could be an absolute disaster. 
Marvel needs to do 52. They've had multiples of those, Ravenslayer. <laughs> uh, it never works out. They just had a soft, well, what was the last soft reboot? A couple years ago when the Fantastic Four rebuilt the world. Oh, right, right. When uh, when Doom became God. Right. Yeah. And then Doom was good. And, and that was fantastic. It was a fantastic book. Absolutely. And then, and then that writer went to DC and any writer they gave Doom after that was like, derp, not smart enough. And they couldn't write Doom as well. No. The new Fantastic Four series isn't bad. I don't like the way they're writing Doctor Doom. It's like they totally ignore They mention it, but they never show it. Show, don't tell, baby. So, overall, there's a lot of talk about it happening. Do I think it's likely? I'm 50, gonna give, 50 I think. I'd say I'm going to give it a 50-50. Yeah. As much as I've been a Marvel fanboy forever, the first comic I... Well, the first comic I bought on money was an ElfQuest comic, which was printed at the time by Epic, which was a imprint of Marvel. So my first book I ever bought, the first superhero Studio. book I ever bought was Spider-Man. There you go. With my own money. The first comic book I was ever given was a Spider-Man comic book. Um, so I've been a Marvel fanboy for as long as I can remember. And I don't want to see the company go under, but... If it's going to increase your experience... Yeah, there's yeah. so many bad decisions that have happened. And Marvel has gone from... The, it was for a while, DC was the company that were a bunch of jerks. They were owned by Warner Brothers. They had more money. And they, were te they would tell people, no, this is the comic book you want. And Marvel was scrappy, and they were fighting back, and they weren't the man. Even That goes back to the 60s, where they were always like the underdog. And Stan's like, yeah, you're my Marty Marvel marchers, and we're going to go and get this. And made you feel like you're part of a team and your group. And, and that's not the case anymore. Marvel has become the stodgy, pathetic, corporate, we're going to try and do focus, we're going to focus group our comics. DC's still a stodgy corporate, we're going to focus group our comics as well. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, it's become a Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi fight. We're like, I don't want to drink either no, of you. Either. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you must choose. It's like, no, it's, no, it's not a fight. It's... It's just sad. It's just, I want Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah, that's what I drink. <laughs> but it's like, that's just sad. It's not even a fight at that point. You know, it's not even, you know. So, RC. RC. <laughs> RC Cola. The Royal Crown's not bad. But the, so, I think it could be of great benefit to Marvel if it was gone and it was licensed out. That could be a great shot of innovation, or it could actually just completely tank it. Mm. it. It depends if the new company loves it or not. DC is and always has a holy about Warner Brothers. Not always. Warner Brothers bought them in the 80s. And when you're old as I, you remember a time before then. Uh, Ravenslayer does too. He's older than us. That's true. Yes. When did... Not by a lot. I'm going to look but... it up. I'm going to look it up. All right. When did WB buy DC Comics? Let's look that up. 1989. 89? Okay. 89. Late 80s. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, there actually was a time where DC was in a similar situation, and they almost licensed Superman to Marvel. Wow. Yep. That almost that happened. That would have been 
crazy. John Byrne, who ended up writing Superman anyway, actually had the project. He actually did a couple issues. They were never released, but they were made. That almost happened. So, picture this. Disney could close Marvel Comics and license the characters to DC. Ravens are said it was 1967. We just looked it up, man. Google don't lie. It says right here. At one point, Warner Brothers officially acquired the rest of DC Comics. March 1989, Times Warner, uh, Warner Communications, uh, Mercer Time, making DC Comics a subsidiary of Time Warner. Maybe Time bought them before that? But no, they weren't owned by Warner until 89. Yep. But then again, in the Wikipedia page, also says, a subsidiary of Warner Brothers since 1967. So why is it telling me two different things? I don't know. Maybe they are a subsidiary in 67 and fully owned in 89. I guess. Oh, no, no. Warner Brothers merged with Time, making DC Comics a subsidiary of Time Warner instead of just Warner Brothers. All right. So they've owned it since 67. Warner well, Brothers has, yes. All right. Well, the still, DC was around before 67, so it wasn't always. I stand by that. What? First Batman is what? 38? 39. 1934. June 25th, 1934 is when it was founded. Yeah. Batman was like... As National Allied Publications. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, it's a silly argument. Uh, So in theory, they could license DC. I doubt that would happen. That would be hilarious, but I doubt it would happen. Um. It would probably be like IDW, Boom Studios. Those guys love licenses. Mm. Um, Boom has made... Their Ghostbuster books were really good. So, I don't know. I Right now, I give it a 50-50 chance. I really yeah. do. At the very least, I think that, that Disney is going to trim Marvel's fat. That, that is the first. Yet, that is that's the, the thing. I know, but that's the first play. That is the first safe play right there. Because you know, I know, you get rid of all but two Spider-Man comics. Get get rid of all but you know oh. one or two X-Men comics. Get rid of all you know. To take it down to a maximum of three titles per month. You know, the ironic to be licensed to Image. Thing. Oh, Ravenslayer, that's brilliant. I like that licensing them to Image. That would actually be a great move for them. Oh all wow. But could they handle it? Image could, yeah. Okay. Image is still indie. Yeah. But they could do it. They, they would definitely have to trim down, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I stand on it. It's not exactly a decisive thing. I think hmm. it's possible. I don't. I wouldn't put it on the likely scale, but it's definitely on the possible scale. Got it. At least it's not likely this year. Hmm. we'll see what happens with the trend of comics if it keeps going down the lower the comic sales go the more likely this becomes the more likely this to happen because they still need the characters and they still need the idea factory of the comic writers because you can only mine history for so long mm-hmm. so they're going to keep them around especially because they're already adding them to the theme parks Disney's theme parks are adding all the Marvel characters Right. well not in Florida, though. Only in California? 
and Tokyo and Shanghai oh. and Paris and anywhere mm. except Florida. Why? Because Disney signed an exclusive deal with Universal Studios, where Universal is allowed to use Marvel characters in their theme parks in Florida exclusively. Oh, I see. All right. That's so awesome. it, it sucks because, you know, I go to Disney World because it's closer to me than Disneyland and it's, mm-hmm. it's bigger. So Literally other side of the country. Yeah, yeah. literally too far. Too far to drive. Uh, Rizzo says, hell yeah, they'd not be able to use the riders and sell them off. That's why they bought Fox's stable characters back. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So, anyway. Hopefully, Marvel can get his act together. Stop making books no one likes. West Coast Avengers, looking directly at you. Yeah. Uh, stop, stop Stop making eight Spider-Man books. Come on. That's too many Spider-Man comics. I like Spider-Man. There's too many Spider titles. You need to stop taking writers who write young adult fiction, very niche young adult fiction, and then giving them one of your major characters, then be acting shocked when it crashes and burns and no one buys it. It's you not know, a surprise to anyone but you. Don't hire writers or artists um, based on whatever demographic they fit. Hire them based on if they can write or draw a good comic book. No one cares about the sex, the race, the gender, who they want to sleep with, their haircut. Their religion. No one cares about their creators with that. They care about the product. At least with comic, at least as far as the comic people I've talked to and I know, I don't care if you have a literal alien from Centauri Seven whose mission in life is one, destroy all humans, two, write comic book, and they haven't gotten around to one yet, and they're the best comic book writer in the world. I will buy those comics. I don't care. You know, it's like I'll listen to a Michael Jackson song. I think he was weirdo. But you got to separate the artist from the art at some point. You don't hire someone to do something because they fit a demographic checkbook or checkbox. You hire them because they're competent at the job. And Marvel needs to start thinking of that more. Well, people need to start thinking about that more. Ugh. Just starting, in general. I'm starting to sound like a comic gator. Um, <laughs> Well, we should move on, but before this, this uh, before Church of the Angry Slow Show, to to uh, <laughs> to Garthon's the comic anchor review. That's right. So just, it's because of bad decisions. Right at this point, Marvel was kicking butt, making money on comics for a while, and then they started making a lot of bad decisions. Started flooding the market. They started making very bad hiring decisions. They started pushing comics no one cared about, and they kept standing on those hills and getting shot. Uh, they're exploiting X-Men, different X-Men franchises. Oh my god, yeah. Legion and Gifted are both competing networks. The And that's confusing. And also the X-Men comics themselves are a total freaking mess right now, too. Oh, yeah. X-Men Gold, X-Men Platinum, X-Men Titanium. And X-Men, Uncanny X-Men is disagreeing with the other's titles. And they're rebooting the X-Men, sort of. and But now they're going to reboot them again soon. And, uh... It's then just, there's the uh, then there's the Cyclops Wolverine buddy cop series. Yeah, that's uncanny. That, that doesn't exist on anywhere except except themselves. It's really <laughs> strange. So uh, that's where it is. It's possible. Disney bought Marvel. Disney owns Marvel. Marvel's not doing well. Disney likes money. They are Disney likes money, 
and they are going to start feeling the mousy claw at their throat if they don't start making money fast. Riz says he wasn't going there. All right, that's fine. What? The buddy cops? Maybe. I don't know. And that's the that's our RG. It's not a positive. We're worried about Marvel. At least I am. But it could be very positive for them going away, or it could be very bad. Time will tell. I don't think the characters themselves are going to go away. It's always possible that they get licensed out for a limited time. If that turns to disaster, they get brought back in-house. But I know right now they're having a big conference where basically developers are defending the position where you need Marvel Comics. But then that's their job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, if you go to a guy who sells tires, you drive your car, say, you need new tires? He's going to say, yeah, you need new tires. So. Of course you do. Don't be foolish. Yeah. Anyway, thank you everyone for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, spread the word. Uh, we are still trying to hit our goals. That was our show. Hope you enjoyed it. But for each goal in 2019, we have a special contest specifically for all of that video supporters. If all four goals are achieved in 2019 and help for three months, we'll have a special giveaway contest. Gives out at least a thousand in prizes, gifts, art, praises. Tell your friends, tell your nerds. We have many streams coming at you every single day. You can join us on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at Legion of Myth. Watch us on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look for Legion of Myth. We're there. At least last I checked. And you can watch us live on Twitch. That's the best way, really. Really is. Interact with us. Let's what's going on. Like Raven's Lair. Because he likes comics. And many things. Oh, thanks, Beldahar. <laughs> Beldahar shared for us on Twitch. We appreciate that. We like Beldahar. We like all of our peeps. Thanks very much. And the audio version, of course, available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Find Podcast, Aggregators, everywhere. Do you have any final words of wisdom, Heathen Talk? Hmm. No. Just uh, vote. Vote with your money. Uh, Image Comics. Do it. <laughs> That'd be good. As long as this cut to bad size setting up a bunk bed for Wolverine. Mammal Team Bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, I want to see more Captain America Batman team ups. That was good in Avengers uh, versus JLA. All right, everyone. Your support keeps us going. We appreciate it. Patreon subscribers, go subscribe us. $100 a month will lock a Patreon only giveaway. Thank you all very much for that. And also, patreon.com slash Ethan Streamlabs donation, twitch.streamlabs.com slash Ethan Get our gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion of Myth gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. New Garth and Heathen designs are here. Algarian designs coming soon. Be the beard. Your beard shall be your shroud of the avatar. Also get cheers on Twitch. We appreciate that. Upcoming activities. Subscriber giveaway coming later in March. We'll tell you when soon. Gen Con 2020. Ticket registration January. Activities will sign up in May. Join us in August. Gen Con. Streaming schedule. There it is. Every day. 9 a.m. Try the Altar. Algarian. 6.30. Join Algarian. Miscellaneous things. Ski the dog. Join him. Live stream with Garthon. 9 p.m. Saturday. Eastern. 8 Eastern. Sorry, Eastern. Join us. Join his, join our Star Trek Online streams. Join Heathen Dog special Monday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern stream, where he is now not doing this war of mine. He's doing. Pacify. Pacify. I'll say Splinter. 
Join Max Leo, Angry Slow Show. He's angry. He's mean. He's the Angry Slow Show. Be offended. Be happy. Laugh along. Argue with the man who needs arguing with. Carthogra tired today. Check out his celestial wisdom with Earth Dog. We are talking to Algarian. We see your slide. Thank you, everyone, for all your help for joining us. Remember, friends, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great Daryl Anomaly.